today on Ag News Daily. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Pearson here coming to you with this Friday edition of the Ag News Daily Podcast. There is sound in the background you are hearing. It is not a joyful noise for a lot of growers up here in central Iowa, southern Iowa, northern Iowa, parts of Illinois, Missouri, currently moving into Indiana and Ohio. And that noise is the pitter-patter of raindrops against my window. Last night, severe storms rolled across most of Iowa. They then moved their way, as I mentioned, into Indiana, excuse me, Illinois first, and uh, farther eastward. Today, there's another train of storms coming out of Missouri, bashing the northern part of that state, moving its way up along Interstate 80. Continued weather forecast runs look uh, damp, I guess, is uh, perhaps one of the words that could be used. Frustrating is another one of the words that could be used, and uh, perhaps some four-letter words could be used to describe these forecast runs that are being uh, produced here today, looking at moisture across the Corn Belt going forward. It is a tough spring for a lot of growers, and it's, it's tough in a lot of different ways. Of course, keeping folks out of the field is annoying in one way, we also have some annoying things happening in the soybean market. Uh, first off, continued trade rhetoric with China. So China earlier today came back out, and they have, uh, I, I guess, taken a stronger tone towards Washington would be a charitable way to describe it. Um, the Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Liu Kang uh, was asked by Chinese State Minister uh, excuse me, state media reports um, that there would be no more negotiations. And he said, quote, because of certain things the U.S. side has done during previous China-U.S. trade consultations, we believe that there is meaning for these talks. There must be a show of sincerity, effectively putting future talks on hold until, I guess, the U.S. makes some kind of a good faith effort with China? I... That's that's my interpretation, reading between the lines here. It's frustrating to see. He did close with this in his uh, statement. Uh, excuse me, this wasn't from, from Liu Kang. This was from the Communist Party, the Daily, excuse me, People's Daily. They published a front-page commentary that said, quote, The trade war can't bring China down. It will only harden us to grow stronger. And needless to say, that has put some jumpiness and some jitters back into both the equity markets and the soybean markets today. But that's not the only headache or headwind the soybean market is facing. One of the bigger challenges, I think immediately what's driving the price down double digits today, is the fact that we have seen the spread between the Brazilian real and the U.S. dollar rise to its highest level since September. Uh, effectively, currency traders are nervous about the future of Brazil's economy. They're worried about stability in that government, and they are pushing the Brazilian real down in value. Well, as I know a lot of our listeners understand, as currencies drop in value, that makes the ex well, it makes the importer, in this case China, it gives China a better deal. They get more bang for their buck, so to speak, when they're buying goods from that current country with a weaker currency. 
So over the past week, while the real has collapsed, we have seen, according to Brazilian analysts, an estimated 5.5 million tons of Brazilian beans have been uh, have been placed. Uh, ordered by China, and they are scheduled to leave Brazil in June, July, and August. Now, that's not great news for American soybean growers. That is outside the purview of the trade war. Uh, this is a currency spat, a currency dispute, a currency devaluation that we would likely be seeing regardless of what was happening with China and the U.S. So I, I don't want to beat the, the trade war drum too hard. However, we did learn something else concerning about soybeans today. As rain is falling on the soybeans parade today in addition to across the Corn Belt. Brazilian exports of soybeans to China are down 13% despite U.S. exports to China down 80%. China's buying fewer beans, period. What does this tell us? This tells us that the spread of that African swine fever in China is devastating. China is booking less feed. They are needing a lot fewer beans and a lot less meal to keep their dwindling hog herd fed and happy and getting out there to the Chinese people. A much longer-term issue or threat to the soybean market here in the U.S. is that African swine fever continues to spread unchecked in China and across Southeast Asia. Earlier this morning, I had the chance to be on a media call with Jim Sutter and several other folks from the U.S. Soybean Export Council. Of course, Delaney has been down in Chile all week with uh, USEC and some of their meetings. We'll get her updates on Monday when she's back on the podcast, which she learned from the South American perspective. But, uh, but Mr. Sutter and the rest of the gang were over in Bangkok talking to soybean buyers, and uh, we talked a little bit about what African swine fever has meant, what the expectations look like for future soybean exports into that part of the world, and we'll be playing that interview next week, probably next Wednesday. I've got to get it edited and cleaned up a little bit. Uh, and today we have a fantastic interview from our good friend, field reporter Bruce Gorder, uh, talking about what's ahead economically speaking, and we'll be playing that later today, so do stay tuned. I think, I think that is all the bad soybean news I have for today. The only upside that really isn't carrying the market, the market hasn't gotten spiked about it quite yet, is this rainfall is probably going to continue to, uh, to delay planting in a lot of places, but we're still plenty early for beans, as a lot of growers know across much of the Corn Belt, and there is still a concern that perhaps we'll see some abandoned corn acres switch to beans here if this growing season or this planting season should ever begin to dry down. So that's kind of a mixed bag so far. Good news for those of us who are A, looking to ship in fertilizer for this late in the growing season, or B, ship grains via the mighty Mississippi down to the Gulf Coast. Missouri Ag officials confirmed earlier today that the Mississippi River at St. Louis has fallen enough to allow commercial navigation to resume. Uh, grain elevators are reopening to accept grain after being shut down for two weeks. However, this uh, might be short-lived. Watching some of these rainfall totals across the upper Midwest, eventually that is all going to make its way into the Mississippi Basin, and there is still a possibility that we could see further closures of the river, especially if some of the, the more drastic forecast models turn out to be accurate. So we'll stay tuned, but for now, it does sound like barges are hitting the road or hitting the river, 
I guess, and uh, starting to ship goods both up and down Big Muddy. Oh, let's see. Oh, we've, we've actually got some good news today. Genuine good news. Genuinely seem to have uh, caused a bid in the livestock markets. Finally, we have Japan agreeing to eliminate long-held restrictions on U.S. beef imports. U.S. beef now has full access to the Japanese markets after more than 15 years since the BSE scare the cow that stole Christmas back in 2003. Uh, the new terms take effect immediately, and they allow, quote, U.S. producers of cattle, regardless of age, to enter Japan for the first time since 2003. Secretary Sonny Perdue said that in a statement. Um, this could increase U.S. beef and beef product exports to Japan by up to $200 million annually. The Japanese have been a fantastic buyer of American beef. Now, there were some age restrictions. I believe it was a 30-month restriction on the age of cattle heading into Japan for the past several years. That's now gone. The Japanese have been phenomenal consumers of high-quality U.S. product. We do expect that to continue. So this is an undeniable win for the American beef industry. We also had a win, uh, probably a win, certainly a change in one front of the trade war. The U.S. and Canada announced a deal today to remove tariffs on Canadian steel and aluminum in exchange for new curbs to keep dumped meals from metals rather from China and other countries out of the U.S. Um, it sounds like basically this same language is going to be used in an agreement with Mexico that has not yet been announced but is pending very, very shortly. Some of the rumors I've been reading out of D.C. are that these tariff restrictions might come off over the next 48 hours on Canada. Good news. We're, we're building or mending fences, I suppose, with our northern ally. The longest unsecured border in the world is between the United States and Canada. And so it's good to have, uh, have get back to a more free flow of trade across that very long border. This does also help pave the way for both Canada and Mexico to uh, approve, to sign, and to agree to the USMCA agreement. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau had said they, he would be very unlikely to push for approval of that agreement if the tariffs were still in place. We've now got one of those roadblocks taken out of the way. So we're making progress. We're making progress. It certainly appears that uh, that, that battle in the trade war is coming to an end. Let's see. What else do we have going on crack-a-lackin' in the world of agriculture? Oh, well, we've got a, a not very uplifting report from J.P. Morgan, our friends in the finance industry. Um, and J.P. Morgan, of course, America's largest bank, controls a tremendous amount of investment capital. When J.P. Morgan makes a move in the markets, we all notice and an analyst, uh, her name is Ann Dugan, sent a note to investors yesterday calling the fundamentals of agriculture, quote, rapidly deteriorating. She says there's a three-pronged crisis Declining exports being the first one. A poor crop of corn and soybeans, um, which I think is an interesting thing to note this early in the growing season. Uh, there's been conversations raging on Twitter about what these modern-day corn and soybean genetics are going to do when planted into challenging environments like we're seeing with, uh, with wetness. But uh, she says that's a risk for rural America, and the trade war with China was issue number three that is creating a, quote, 
perfect storm for U.S. farmers. She does say that uh, U.S. soybeans will probably decline in exports to China by at least 30%, as that is the expected percentage of the Chinese hogger that they anticipate to be decimated by African swine fever. And Brazil and Argentina have produced a near-record soybean and corn crop, while, like we talked about earlier, the U.S. dollar continues to...